Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Tommy Butts, Extension Weed Scientist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Thank you for joining me this week with uh, this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series. Um, I plan on discussing a few of the, the common problems I've heard of out there and some of the most common phone calls I've been receiving across Arkansas um, the past few weeks. And just basically, you know, giving everyone a rundown on what some of those most com- common problems observed have been. And then hopefully provide a few recommendations uh, to, to remedy some of these different situations. So one of the first topics that I wanted to cover is the timing of our overlapping residual herbicide applications or the timing of those first post or even second post emergence applications that should be going out across several of our cropping systems. And the best thing that I can tell you is, especially with our residual chemistries, it's much better to spray sooner rather than later. Um, especially right now, we've got some rain chances in our forecast, uh, you know, in the next couple days and even next week, there's some slight chances here or there across uh, different parts of the state. If we can get those residuals out, get them, uh, some of that moisture and that activating rainfall to get them activated, you know, that goes a long way at reducing the amount of weeds that emerge out of the soil that we have to combat later with post applications. And especially in things like rice, where our post-emergence applications tend to be quite expensive, if we can get some of those residuals up front, it saves us money on the back end. Um, And so that's the big thing. If we can get some of those out a little bit sooner, even if it's pushing the envelope on the early side, because we've got some of these, uh, you know, activating moistures coming right now, it's really a good idea to get out there and get ahead of some of these weeds and then hopefully save yourself a post-emergence kind of salvage application later on in life. Um, I also like to mention as our as our weather is finally turning here, we're starting to get really hot. You know, that plays into a lot of our weeds, especially our most problematic weeds, to start really germinating and really taking off with their growth rates. Um, you know, so I'm thinking ba- barnyard grass, Palmer amaranth, we're starting to get warmer temperatures here. Those things are really, really just going to start going crazy now with these temperatures. And so if we can make sure to get those residuals out in a timely fashion, make sure to get them activated. Uh, So like I said, with some of these rainfalls, or if we are, you know, in in a lot of areas of the state, I know we've already turned quite dry, uh, you know, be ready to flush or run water down furrows for our different cropping systems, you know, get those residuals activated, make sure that they're really working to our fullest capabilities. Again, don't let those weeds out of the ground. It, 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 gives us better weed control in the long term. It saves us money in the long term from reducing some of those post-emergence applications. Um, and, and it just gives us, uh, reduces our selection pressure for, for evolving resistance to some of our post-emergence herbicides. So that's really what we can do there on the timeliness. Um, also, if you have questions on you know some the necessary moisture amounts for different uh, um, residual products or kind of the timing of some of those moistures, make sure to listen to Dr. Tom Barber's podcast from a couple of weeks ago. It was episode 11. He goes into some really good detail and provides a lot of really good information on moisture and, and activating uh, um, our different residual chemistry. So make sure to check out that podcast if you haven't uh, on that topic. Also, one of the last things that I always really like to mention too, when we kind of get into this time of year and it's getting to be, you know, late and we're in a time crunch to get crops in the ground, always make sure that we're not planting too far ahead of our sprayer. You know, I I know we get in a rush, we got to get our crops in the ground, but if we get too far ahead of our sprayer, 
you know, we don't get stuff burned down, we're not starting clean, or we don't get our residuals out in time. Uh, it, again, it just creates a mess for us later on in the season where we end up spending more money trying to clean up because we just didn't get our sprayers out in time to get those residuals and those burn downs out properly. So just make sure that we're doing that as well. And, and you know, as we're planting, try and keep an eye on that weather, you know, for both rainfall, but also wind speeds so that we, you know, we have good spraying conditions really to, you know, get all of these applications out in a safe and timely manner and, and keep up with uh, how much we have planted in the ground that we're not getting too far ahead of those sprayers. Now on another topic, we've also had several calls on, uh, in our rice um, tank mixes of, uh, you know, trying to find some different mixes with propanil, um, especially since we've had, you know, there's, there's numerous reports of Bolero kind of being in short supply. Um, Prowl is honestly a really good option that can be mixed and kind of fit somewhat of the same role as Bolero and different things, especially with our grass control. It doesn't have the flat sedge activity that Bolero has, but it does at least have this similar grass activities. Um, you know, like in row rice, it can take care of, Prowl can take care of goose grass, just like Bolero can. It's still good for barnyard grass. It's good for several of those other, you know, grass species. But uh, there is just something to take note of with uh, tank mix issues with propanil and Prowl. Um, Prowl H2O and propanil in the tank together, they just don't play nicely. There's, there's kind of an antagonism there. They, they like to gel up a little bit in the tank. So th that's just not a good combo. If you are going to do this propanil Prowl mixture, especially if you, you're trying to find a replacement for Bolero, uh, make sure to get a Prowl EC formulation. That oil formulation really works a lot better with, uh, with propanil out there. Um, and also then that probably see with that oil can help heat up that propanil a little bit more too, like Bolero typically does. So just be aware of that. If you are looking to do that mix in rice, we we've already had some phone calls of Prowl H2O and propanil, you know, kind of acting against each other. And so make sure you can get a Prowl EC formulation if you're going to do that tank mix with propanil. One of the other phone calls that I've gotten a lot on is a horseweed or mare's tail control across our cropping systems, honestly. And just about every cropping system, I've got a phone call on trying to get horseweed under control this year. Um, so there's there's a lot of different options. And at the same time, it's pretty limited. So um, the, the other thing I'm going to mention here with my recommendations because of the recent um, injunctions or um, uh, that stays on our dicamba rules at this point. We're not really sure where our dicamba rules are going here in the state of Arkansas right now at this point when I'm recording this podcast. So I, I'm just going to kind of uh, skip over any dicamba recommendations because like I mentioned, we just don't know where we're going to end up here with the rules at this point in time. So the recommendations I'm giving here for the horseweed mare's tail control is excluding any dicamba, dicamba options just again because we don't know where, where those rules are going to end up here in the near future. But if we're looking in soybean, uh, you know, there's a couple different options here. If, if we're in Enlist E3 soybean, um, Enlist 1 plus Liberty should be a really good option. The 2,4-D and the glufosinate both working on that horseweed will do a great job at melting that down. If we have E3 and Extend Flex uh, soybean systems, either one of those sequential Liberty applications. Liberty is really hot, honestly, on horseweed. And so having sequential Liberty applications should do a very good job at burning that horseweed down. And then also in soybean, uh, one of the ALS inhibitors, first rate, is actually quite good on horseweed as well. And so we can mix in first rate if we have a real bad horseweed population out there, and that'll help uh, melt down those, those horseweed plants out there. Now in rice, I've also had several calls on trying to get horseweed or mayor's tail under control, and, and particularly in, in row rice. 
Um, and the best thing that I can tell you there is, you know, especially if it's early, if the rice is, is pretty little yet, you know, one, maybe two leaf, I would tend to say I'd like to lean towards the one ounce um, rate of sharpen first to try and burn down some of that horse weed um, a little bit. And I'm not saying that's going to kill it, but it at least is a start, especially when the rice is that little. I tend to try and avoid, you know, throwing a full gallon of propanil at it when it's that young. So if we can do an ounce of sharpen, that, that can help burn down some of the mare's tail. After that, uh, you know, a grandstand propanil mix, again, trying to burn down some of that, that mare's tail some more. And then finally, kind of at the end of it all is hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully if that would take care of it, great. But if not, if we still have some stand in or, you know, some escapes or a little bit of foliage left, loyant should also be uh, pretty decent on it as well. Um, you know, if it's less than eight inches tall, it definitely should, should completely control it. If it gets a little bit bigger than eight, it's more likely a suppression type thing. Uh, but loyant is also an option in there as well. And so depending on the rice stage and where you're at and, and close to canopy and those types of things, those are kind of the three options that I would tell you, you know, that you, you could rely on and give or take, uh, you know, on your certain situation. You could kind of sub in one or maybe you only need one or, or those different types of things. But those would be my three options in row rice that would be most effective at trying to get rid of that horse weed in row rice. Uh, when we move to corn, um, we honestly have some very limited options post in corn to try and get rid of that mare's tail. Um, Halex GT is a, is a decent option. It does, it does do an okay job and we have up to 30 inch corn to spray that. Um, normally we always like to mix atrazine in with our Halex GT, but just realize that our atrazine has a cutoff of 12 inches, which most of our corn should be, you know, if, if not past that, they're all, they're getting pretty darn close to passing that across the state. So we're kind of hitting our limits there. Um, Resicor is actually another option too out there that would be pretty decent for horse weed control. Um, once again, this is a 12 inch, uh, corn cutoff. So we're kind of, you know, hit or miss on that for most of our corn in the state. We're probably past that cutoff in a lot of areas, but if you are still under that 12 inch corn, Resicor can do a pretty good job at, at burning down some of our uh, horse weed out there. One other thing to note with Resicor though, there is a 12 month plant back to cotton. So if you plan on going to cotton the following year in that field, just be aware that that does have a 12 month plant back. Um, 2,4-D is an option as well. Again, a 12 inch uh, corn cutoff, unless we're using drop nozzles and then we can go a little bit taller corn. Um, but just be aware also with 2,4-D, you know, there's certain counties in the state that still have uh, restrictions on, on that being allowed to, uh, on, on the limitations on that being sprayed. And so make sure to check the Arkansas State Plant Board website for the current rules and regulations with the 2,4-D as well in corn. Um, and just what, uh, if you're, if it's banned in your County, you're not banned in your County at this point in time, that kind of thing. Uh, and then the final option in corn is, is again, back to the Liberty option. And that cutoff is up to V seven corn. So again, we're probably getting close to if not already past that cutoff as well. Um, but the other major thing with Liberty is make sure that you have a dual stacked you know, hybrid out there that it is both Liberty and Roundup resistant. Um, you don't want to spray Liberty on, on Roundup only corn and then kill off your entire field. So just be aware of that, make sure that you have that dual stack. But again, Liberty is a pretty good option as well for, for killing horseweed. Uh, if we move to cotton, once again, uh, very limited options, honestly, in cotton, but Liberty is one of our best options uh, there, especially sequential applications of Liberty. And then also after cotton reaches five leaf, uh, invoke actually has some pretty good, um, mare's tail activity. And so that can be a pretty good option, but just make sure that that cotton is at five leaf or after if it's before there's some pretty good crop response that can occur if that invoke gets sprayed too early. 
Um, finally, in peanut, you know, that that's one of our main, last remaining crops there where I've had a couple of calls on horse wheat as well. Um, if the if the peanut is not emerged yet, strong arm is actually probably our best option because it does have post activity on horseweed, um, and we can use that as as a pre then in our in our um, peanut crop as long as the peanut's not emerged, but it will burn down any horseweed that's emerged ahead of that crop. Now I'm sure in a lot of our areas our peanut is already out of the ground, uh, and so then we get limited, and it pretty much gets down to just paraquat as an option post to help burn down some of those horseweed mare's tail problems out there. So again, very limited in peanut as well. If the peanut's not out yet, strong arm can be good. Otherwise, we pretty much are relying on paraquat post in those peanuts to to be successful. Um, one of the final topics I really wanted to hit on that has probably been the majority of my phone calls um, coming in is just, um, different, um, tank mix or not tank mix, but tank contamination issues, and then also spray drift issues. So basically crop response from a, a variety of different herbicides of where either the, the, the sprayers were not cleaned out properly. We had chemical left in the boom or even chemical completely left in a tank that got mixed in and sprayed on the wrong crop and, and spread across entire fields. Um, or also, like we mentioned, with some of the high wind speeds, applications were going out in 20 mile an hour plus winds, and we've had significant drift onto fields and causing a, a crop injury. And so mainly I just wanted to you know, highlight again, let's make sure that we're paying real close attention to all of our applications that go, are going out. Let's thoroughly clean uh, you know, our sprayers and the entire booms, the tanks, let's triple rinse them, those kinds of things. Let's also just have really good communication amongst all of ourselves, you know, so we don't get uh, wires crossed and think we're going into a field uh, that has a certain herbicide trait technology and it really doesn't. So my best example there is we had one where, you know, uh, there was just some miscommunication. Sprayer thought they were going into uh, a clear field rice field and it was really a conventional rice field and they hadn't cleaned out the tank and ended up spraying. Um, you know, new path uh, over top of conventional rice and, and pretty much killed off about three or four acres of rice. Um, so just things like that, again, communication, making sure we're cleaning out thoroughly. And then with the wind speeds, again, avoiding those high wind speed days, setting up our applications to avoid, you know, physical drift, all those kinds of things, just really paying close attention to those applications and setting them up for success is really important as we move forward to, to cut down on some of these incidents that we're seeing. Um, really those were the main things that I wanted to hit on this week. Like I said, uh, um, you know, just, these are, have been some of the main phone calls and, and complications I've been hearing about. And so I just kind of wanted to hit on, uh, you know, some of the, the main recommendations and remedies that we can kind of implement to hopefully help us out, uh, with some of these situations while we're still in the heat of the growing season. Um, as always, if you ever have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out and get a hold of me uh, or any of our weed science team for that matter. Um, I also just want to thank everyone for their continued support of the Weeds Are, Are, Weeds Are Wild podcast series and for, uh, for continuing to listen to our, to our episodes and everything there. So um, once again, any questions, please let me know. Uh, and next week, please tune in for, uh, for another episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast that will be hosted by Dr. Tom Barber. So he'll bring up the series again next week. Uh, and with that, um, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.